Stuart Roberts and Mark Dunnadale are back today for a special one. <laughs> a special what? I'm going to start that again. It's terrible. <laughs> Stuart Roberts and Mark Dunnadale are back today for a special. <laughs> I've messed up the intro twice. I'm not re recording that. A special watch along episode. How are you doing today, Stu? Yeah, I'm all good. Thanks, mate. Really good. Mark? I'm more clear-headed than you, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't even feel that. I just can't speak. I need to stop stop drinking during the podcast, basically. But unfortunately, sometimes Mid-South Wrestling turns you to drink. I think the last two episodes are two that certainly have, and that's why I got a beer after the first one. So now, if you'd like to watch along at home, the episode number is 319 on YouTube. So just search Mid-South E319. We've not watched this all the way through at all, so some of this is going to be new for us. So as you may have come to expect in a watch along we will tell you about what happens in this episode but expect quite a lot of tangents along the way so three two one and we're playing um we'll get the uh get the normal mid-south um logos and stuff i'm just going to run through what's on the show um and then we'll perhaps get into some some tangents i know mark's got some questions prepared i've got a question as well and i've got a few, few things i've thought about as well i'll be able to ask so we've got jim ross and joel watts at the desk when we finally get out of the credits um, and in terms of the card, we have Bobby Fulton versus Dutch Mantel, Butch Reed defending the TV title against El Casario, Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert's here, Tommy Rogers versus Dick Slater, plus Humongous and The Nightmare versus the countdown favourite Steve Constance and Nick Patrick. And in our main event, Steve Williams and Ted DiBiase challenge Al Perez and Wendell Cooley for the Mid-South Tag Team titles. So um, the first thing we're going to get is a, is a, a recap of the confrontation between DiBiase and Sawyer. So, um, yeah, Mark... Go go ahead with your first uh, your first tangent related question. Okay, well I'd prepared a few things to discuss, but they are all wrestling related. I know a lot of your tangents aren't. Um, <laughs> I'll pre- preface the first one by asking Stuart, do you remember what I got you and your wife for your wedding present? <laughs> oh God, that is a loaded question. Um, oh, I feel really bad now. I don't feel bad. It's just a conversation starter. I can fill you in if you forgot. Go on, give us a clue. Go on, I like that. I like that. It's well, it's wrestling related. I know you got me some t-shirts from the 40th birthday, but no, go on. You're gonna have to um you're gonna have to uh, I've me. got two tickets for a WWE house show at Sheffield Arena, and uh you two and me and my wife uh, all went and sat together. We didn't did, we? didn't we? Yes, we did. Yes, yes. I remember now. So sorry, that's really bad. Well, the reason I was asking that is uh, for both of you. Um, obviously, none of our wives have any interest, pretty much, in professional wrestling. Do either of your wives have a favourite wrestler or a favourite match from the times where they have been in the room while we've been watching? That's an excellent question. So you go first, or if you if you can't think of anything, I will I will jump in. Uh, go on, you jump in. So I think Charlotte really liked it when Seth Rollins won the title at WrestleMania 31, but I can't say she's ever really got into a, got into like matches. And I say her least favorite. This is a bit of a tangent of a tangent. Her least favorite experience with the Tokyo Dome, where she couldn't seem to get comfortable for four hours and didn't come to the next show the next day. So that just showed how much uh, how much she enjoyed that. She did quite. She did think that CM Punk. Uh, was quite attractive back in the day. I, I presume she thinks the same. I don't think she's seen him in this run. So, yeah, probably Seth Rollins and Punk uh, fans. She also likes um, Brian Danielson a bit as well, because I remember she would watch uh, a bit of Total Divas back in the day as well. And I, don't, I think she's probably seen a bit more of that than I have. Um, I think she was secretly watching it without me for a period. So, yeah, which is uh, not great wifing. Stu, over to you. So, well, I, I'd say... I'd say um... 
Liz probably lives vicariously through my my love of wrestling. Um, um, and a brother used to be really into wrestling when he he was younger, and that so she knows some of the, the, the older characters. But I suppose I I I, I did make a sit down and watch um, Hogan and Rock from WrestleMania 18 purely and simply because I wanted to, to hear the 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 insane crowd reaction, and I wanted to just tell her how what an awesome just it's the loudest that I've ever been in a wrestling. So I wanted her to sort of like understand that and just how amazing that was, but. I'd say probably never really. I, I show her like if I see bits like oh look at this move here and and stuff like that. But I wouldn't say she's ever sat down and properly watched a wrestling match through apart from um, apart from the Rock and Hogan from WrestleMania 18. So, um, but she, she she I'd say she tolerates it for for me. I think that's that's good good wifing tolerance. I think and compromise is the key to a successful yeah. relationship. I mean, I should know. There's nothing that ever gone wrong in my marriage. Um, so. <laughs> I should cut that bit out. Uh, right. Uh, Boyd Pierce is in the ring now, uh, and he is introducing Dirty Dutch Mantel. So I guess we've got Bobby Folsom <laughs> versus Dutch Mantel first. Uh, just while um, just while I my face tries to get a little bit less red after that uh, revelation on air, um, f- here's my question, one of my questions. Uh, wh- whoever has got an answer first, childhood crush, first childhood crush, throw it out. Uh, I've actually... So yeah, well you can not, not like Tina from your cl- your class at primary school because I don't know <laughs> that is, but yeah. Uh, so if we're talking celebrities, then um, yeah, Belinda Carlisle. Oh yeah, I think I knew that. And, yeah. Well, it was always a toss up between Belinda Carlisle, uh, who would probably win it actually, and and Kelly McGillis out of Top Gun. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I, I think for longevity and and that probably Belinda would. Because I saw Belinda live in concert a few years ago, and she still looked hot. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We had tickets for a Belinda Carlisle concert here at our local uh, town hall, and uh, it got cancelled due to COVID. It's Lin- uh, my wife's favourite singer of all time. I saw, th- I saw that because I think I didn't realise that she was playing in, in Scunthorpe. So yeah, so um, but it's she- it's not postponed; it's cancelled, so she's not coming. So we're but a bit worried about that. She's actually, and I found this out actually uh, when I. Um, because uh, we were just talking slightly off air about going to concerts. And I, I, I went to see Genesis last Monday and um, I found out that for, for, for fans, Billy Idol is also touring next year, oh, the really? comeback tour. And he's being supported by the Go-Go's, which was the first sort of like yeah. all-female American band, which is led by Belinda Carlisle. So, yeah. um, and wow, think, what a concert. And I think, Billy- if I remember rightly, in the Go-Go's, is Jane Wilden in the Go-Go's who did Rush Hour as well. I'm sure she Poss- possibly. I I just knew gonna, it was funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna Google that now while we're uh, while we're talking. But uh, yeah, but Belinda Carlisle. So Mark, over to you for your teenage crush. Well, I'm very fortunate in that I got to meet mine, and I've got my photo fo- a photo on my wall here in the man cave of me and her with my arm around her. Um, similar era to Stuart, mid '80s. It's uh, Leah Thompson who played Marty McFly's mum in Back to the Future. Oh uh, yeah, I remember uh, saying that. Because so, I only uh, saw Back to the Future relatively recently for like in the yeah. last five years. I remember us talking about that at the time. And uh, I, it, I can I can even go one step further and say exactly the moment I realised she was my first crush, where Biff is about to do what he was going to do in the car, and uh, she gets knocked onto the floor. George knocks out Biff. And uh, he picks up Lorraine. She looks up at him, and I thought, "Yes, that's the woman for me." <laughs> wow! Yeah, and uh, and Jane Wilding was in the go. It, it was in the go ghost. So she did. She did. Rush, Rush Hour is a quality song. Yeah, 
Are you going to go and see that? Uh, are you going to go and see that Back to the Future musical? I'd like to. I don't know um, whether it's feasible. I, I know um, new theatre productions are, are very, very expensive. I looked into the Harry Potter thing when that kicked off for uh, for my wife to go see and uh, didn't pan out. Oh, is that what the Cursed Child? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the prices. Oh, I was expecting really prices expensive. like you know yeah. just average, but you're talking hundreds for a yeah. two hour show. So. I remember when we was in. I remember when we were in New York for 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 WrestleMania 35, and and as you went, one of the theaters was was playing. We would literally walk past it every day. Uh, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child because it's in two parts, isn't it? It's like an afternoon yeah. and an evening. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We so went this is where we just go off. This is where we totally go off on tangents. Now, so I, in in ring. Um, <laughs> Uh, was it Bobby Fortin and Dutchman's having, having a, a decent little match here? And um, we went to see that, Kershaw. I think I might have got it for Charlotte for Christmas, maybe. And it snowed in London that day, so it was a real pain in the rear end getting there and getting home. And I reckon it was probably the most uncomfortable I've ever been at anything in my life because the, there's no legroom. And Charlotte, as a big Harry Potter fan, didn't enjoy it particularly either. So, all round, a pretty good outing, I would say, because she <laughs> said that. <laughs> the the characters weren't very true to the original kind of thing. So um yeah, perhaps perhaps you might have had a lucky escape there, Mark, not going to it. As Dutch Mantel's going for uh, the classic pin with his feet on the ropes, and that is it in two minutes and 43 seconds. What a wretched finish that was. Uh, any thoughts Probably on not. this? Referee oh no, that, is that not uh, it? That's not it. No. The ref saw it. Okay, we started we're carrying it. on, we're carrying on. He did count to three there, didn't he? He's pushed the referee. I That's think, yeah, I think he just pulled his hand before it hit three. Oh, okay. Now Fulton's done the same thing and, and he won. appears to have oh, won. Referee. In just over three minutes. That is shocking. Is that a man? Absolutely shocking. Is that a man? Um, but ironically, can you believe it's 20 years since the first Harry Potter film came out? Is it really? Blimey. Well, that's a long the, time ago. One thing uh, on topic, the bonus of having um, Bobby Fulton and Tommy Rogers in single matches on this episode is... Uh, if we had the volume on, we'd hear Shout Dressed Man twice, which is a good thing. That is true. A great, a very, very good song. And occasionally you get these songs. I don't know if you, if you two are, are listeners of BBC Radio 2, but occasionally they will throw a bit of one of these songs from Mid-South from back then on there. And it's, I always find it quite incredible. Like Rock and Rollers King has been on there. Shout Dressed Man has been on there. Going back to Celebrity Crushes, mine, mine were two. Kylie Minogue, because that was the whole like Scott and Charlene in, in, in Home and... and in Home and Away, Sacrilege, in Neighbours, and also Gloria Estefan as well, I was a big fan of. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah big time. Uh, Mark, what's your, what's the next, have you got, sorry, Stu, have you got any uh, any little tangent questions? If you think uh, about uh, it, you can throw them out there. Yeah, I will do, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Mark, what's next on your your hit list? Is uh, Butch Reed in the ring versus somebody coming up? El Casario, isn't it? El Casario, yes, of course, yeah, yeah, for the TV I've title. got an on-topic story, I don't know if either of you heard... Um... Undertaker tell a story on Broken School Sessions and on Joe Rogan's podcast about how he was taught by Buzz Sawyer. Have you heard the stories? Uh, I haven't. I don't think I've heard it. No, no. I've, I must. I probably heard it on the Broken Skull uh, Sessions, but I've not. I can't remember it. Yeah, the gist of it was um, he had a training school uh, in inverted commas, um, and Undertaker and some mates joined up because it was in the area where they lived. Undertaker paid him, I think he said four or five thousand, or maybe two thousand, a few thousand dollars for him to um, to teach him to wrestle. So the a gang of ten or so guys arrive at um, it was at his house, not in a um, gym or anything. They arrived and they're hanging around outside. There's no signs of life, so one of them knocks on the door, 
and a completely naked Buzz Sawyer answers the door and asks what the, um, you know, do you want? And they said, we're here to learn to wrestle. Today's the day. And he went, oh, okay. So he um, had them outside on the front lawn. There was no mats or ring or anything like that. And he was doing um, amateur wrestling holds and slams on on them all. And they didn't. And Undertaker said he didn't learn anything. Um, certainly not professional wrestling. He might have noticed how to do, apply a few amateur wrestling things. And then a few weeks down the line, literally just a few weeks, and gradually the guys, um, dw- the numbers dwindled as guys were fed up of getting beaten up and not getting anything from their investment. And Undertaker was the last one, and he w- turned up one day, knocked on the door, there was no answer, looked through the window, and there was no furniture or anything, buzzed up and uh, gone to a different territory. So that wow. was money down the drain. And... Um, yeah, Undertaker. That that was a quite entertaining story, but I, I I can't imagine what it must have been like to be a young kid who's just put their life savings into this guy and he's just uh, took the money and ran. Uh, the only upshot for Undertaker was uh, Sawyer, and it tells you a bit about his character, I suppose. Left his two dogs, and uh, Undertaker then uh, unchained ah, them from the garden and uh, took them home, and and he got two Rottweilers out of the deal. That's the bit I remember is the bit about the animals. Yeah, I can, I can remember, I remember that. What, yeah, what a vile piece of work that sounds have like. You, um, there. Whilst we're on the subject of The Undertaker, have you seen that thing that's coming on Netflix soon? Mm. Uh, is it like an interactive a, is it like uh, an movie? Interactive story or something like that? Yeah, the, it's the, the New Day go to The Undertaker's haunted house because it's Halloween themed. And uh, basically, the, they go to enter a room, let's say do you follow Xavier Woods in or do you go in the next room? And I don't know how they do it on Netflix, whether it's through your remote control, you can choose option A or option B. And it's that kind of situation. Uh-huh. Mm, that um, Will you check that out, do you think? Oh, yeah, I love New Day. Yeah. I was, I'm not expecting it to be good, but I will. No. Watch. <laughs> yeah, while, while, while we're just going off on, a, off on a bit of a tangent on the subject to Halloween, I was listening to something on the radio the other day and they were talking about, it was like, uh, I think it was... Um, uh, Fern Cotton's like '90s thing on Friday evening because um, I was picking Liz up from 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 going out for the night, and uh, they were talking about like classic TV programs from the '90s. Did any of you watch? And I remember watching this. Do you remember watch that program? Um, and it had some like I think Michael Parkinson was leading it. It had Sarah Green and Mike Smith and they're watch. In a, they're in a haunted house. Yeah, I didn't watch this, it. Like, I remember it. Like, there was yeah. this poltergeist called Pipes and yeah, stuff. Like, it, do you remember that? Everyone at school was raving about it. Ghost totally. It duped, yeah. it like literally duped the whole country, didn't it? Into thinking, yeah, I like, think it's all on YouTube and it, it was very, very freaky. It was really, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because obviously, at that time, Sarah Green, Mike Smith, they were very big, weren't they? On TV, like going live and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I just remember this, 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 this poltergeist called Pipes, who sort of like I don't know, took over Michael Parkinson's voice or something like yeah. that. It, but it really did it dupe the whole country. It's uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to go and rewatch that again because it was it was classic. So here's um, a, ta- a tangent question on the Sorry, Mark, go, you go ahead first. I was just going to say on topic, we're watching Butch Reed and El Casario again. Um, it just strikes me El Casario wrestling barefoot. It, it can't be good for you or your ankles wrestling no, no barefoot way. in a wrestling ring. And and. I think Kamala is the only guy I've seen do it for a very long period without eventually switching to boots like Jimmy Snooker or Rusev did or ankle supports like Yokozuna and Umaga did. 
I can't think well, of that, anyone else who wrestled barefoot for a very about, long period of time. Matt Riddle, how long has he wrestled barefoot for? Yeah, good point. All these WWE stint he has. Yeah, you're right. I think this could yeah. be it. Two and three. That was decent, actually. That, that, that was quite a long match, sorry. wasn't it? That was yeah, five, about six, four fifty. Match. That was. So yeah, that was that was that was not bad. I kind of half expected uh, a title change there for some reason, but we didn't we didn't um, didn't get one. Question for you: What's your all-time favourite '90s television show? Uh, and either of you shout out, and, and you don't have to be single one. Just na- name some favourites. I used to love. And it was sort of like the it was the replacement for going live whilst it was on the 815 from Manchester. It used to be on a Saturday morning. Um, and that's it's like it took over from going live, or when going live had a break, you got the 815 from in Manchester. the summer, I says that would have been wouldn't it? Yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it always had like really cool bands on and stuff like that. Um yeah. My no, my number one is uh bottom. Yeah, um, bottom was really good. Yeah, I think. For American audiences that might be familiar with the young ones from the 80s, but half of that cast then went on to do another series in the 90s, and it was basically two of those characters grown up, and uh, it was violent and disgusting and hilarious. Yeah, it was really, really good. In Ring, we got Humongous and the Nightmare versus Steve Constant and Nick Patrick. Um, Stu, any other 90s television shows that you... I always liked I, I always liked my detect I always liked detective programs and stuff in the nineties is gonna sound really um so I liked like Morse and I liked a bit of Hetty Wayne Throp and stuff like that. <laughs> so very much Hetty uh, who played Hetty Wayne Throp? Patricia Routledge. Oh my god. Hyacinth Bouquet. Hyacinth Bouquet. Bouquet, yeah. Wow. I'll tell you, I, when I was at university, I watched um <laughs> uh, uh there was a it was only for it was a it was a four episode thing and it was called Killinet. I don't know if any of you have seen that no. or anything like that. Um, it had Paul Bettany and it was one of his very first things to do. And it was set in Brighton. And it's about this, this guy who gets into a computer. He buys this computer game. Um, uh, it's like a, a, a murdering computer game, if you know what I mean, how to commit the perfect murder. But then it actually transposes into real life. And uh, it's all set in Brighton. They're at university. So it was really topical for when I was at uni and stuff like that. If you ever get a chance to watch it, it's, it's really good. It was really advanced for its time. So that that was good. Um, I'm just trying to think what else we used to watch in the 90s. You must or... have watched fantasy football, surely. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's why yeah, that my was ones. great. Yeah. I remember staying up for that on Fridays in nights, get up at the crack of dawn the next day to do a paper round. That was good. And I'll tell you another one that I absolutely loved, Saved by the Bell. And that's uh, 89, yes. early 90s, but we watched it in the 90s. But yeah, what were you... Uh, what was that the, really edgy... What was that really edgy programme? Was it The Word? Where people yeah, used the Word. Was it where, where people used to do... Um, they used Very to be nice. famous by doing... They wanted to be famous. They did did weird things like they. Well, I think did one snog an old uh, lady. I'll do anything to get on TV. That's it. Yeah, See, yeah, I yeah. think that's a bit. That, that was early 90s. I think that couple of years difference between us. I don't really remember that. Um, um, I've heard of it though. Bad. Say by the bell. Were you uh, Lisa, Jesse, or Kelly fans? I never watched Say by the Bell. Oh, what? Oh, in the ring. Sorry, in the ring. Humongous <laughs> is just absolutely brutalised Steve Constant, and they've won. So, and Nick Patrick's look. He's, he's right. covered in blood again. That must be fake blood. They can't be making these these job guys uh, do that in terms. Uh, it of might be an, an extra bit in the wage packet, maybe. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Humongous uh, just absolutely brutalised him. And he's put a black hood over his mask now, which is uh, a bit scary looking, but yeah. Getting back off topic, Kelly Kapowski all day, but I did enjoy Lisa Turtle as well. Yeah. I mean, Jesse Jessie in her later film career was was impressive, I thought, but obviously that's a different yep. 
different story. Um, Have you seen the uh, reboot? Apparently. No, it's, it's, yeah. I, I'm, I'm aware of it, but it's not... I don't think you can... Can you find it here? I, le- I haven't legally? looked for it. I just, no. I've just seen clips online that it is out and there are some episodes. Because so. it's on Peacock, isn't it? I think, funnily enough, uh, of maybe, all places. Maybe. And it's is it Zach Morris's son? But it, it's not. It's just not here, is it, for some reason? No. I don't know why. Um, Boyd's got a bit of colour in his waistcoat this week, actually. He's introducing hot stuff, Eddie Gilbert. Um, I don't know who Eddie Gilbert's opponent is, but I, I do wonder how... And it's Mike Nichols... Uh, He's doing a little dance. Big thumbs up. I suspect he probably won't be doing a thumbs up in about five minutes' time. Um, Mark, anything else on your list of uh, list of t- list of tangents there? Uh, another couple of wrestling-related ones. Um, do you have uh, any favourite vignettes for a new character ahead of their debut? We've seen a lot over the years since we've been watching. Do any of them stick out and think, "Oh, I can't wait till this guy starts." Um, Shu, any anything that springs to mind immediately? Yeah. Nothing, nothing that leaps out. I'm just thinking. I um, feel like there's some obvious ones that I hadn't thought of, but when I come up with the question, the first thing, and I don't know why, that popped to mind was Waylon Mercy in 1995. Oh, I doubt I was even what I probably can't even remember that. The, the it one... was based on the Robert De Niro character from the film Cape Fear, which had come out a year or two previous, and like you, you're probably familiar with Waylon Mercy, mm. but. In terms of these vignettes, it was just this uh, creepy guy talking very quietly. And it always reminded me of, well, not at the time, but looking back now, Jake Roberts has said in interviews, and he's right, that when wrestlers are screaming and shouting, it's easy to sort of tune out and not listen. Mm. But if someone's talking quietly and slowly, you pay that extra attention. That's how Jake Roberts based his uh, promo technique. And um, there was a lot of that, and I thought it was it was a very interesting character. And as far as I know, Danny Spivey was a hell of a worker in his day, but by 1995, I think um, it didn't really work out. I mean, that's something you don't really see nowadays, is it? You don't really see many vignettes, do you? And you normally you like in the mid nineties, you, I mean, I always remember, I mean, I'm not saying I like this at all, but I always remember Henry O. Godwin's vignettes and, and swapping yeah. out the pigs and stuff like that. And, and it used to be like a, a four or five week lead in, didn't it? Before they actually, Sort of like debut, de- de- debuted and stuff. I think like NXT that. did it uh, quite a bit in their earlier years. Mm. I remember Nia Jax was on TV for weeks and weeks before she had a match with um, some promos of hers. And more oh, recently, yeah. in WWE, they tried to relaunch the Emma character before she left. Oh, as, yeah. um, and and that never even came off. I don't think she had a match. I mean, you can't you you couldn't really call them vignettes, but I always remember like the lead up to Jericho debuting debuting with yeah, WWE, yeah. wasn't it like the big clock and all that sort of stuff and the countdown and uh, yeah. uh and all that but there's, there's nothing i can't i'm really struggling to think really the, the two that swing to mind for me and one wasn't a debut i think i think the mr perfect ones i'm thinking of is second second round yeah. he came back like the american football throw and that ones i'm pretty sure those those weren't his original ones but they've I think i've seen mind. some of him sort of um playing pool i seem to think Based on the hairstyle, they were the original. Oh, okay, maybe I'm starting. Maybe maybe I'm mixing mixing the two up. But the other one might be um, too. um, I suspect they 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 probably throw those all together in the kind of Mr. Perfect retrospectives. Don't I'd imagine. Um, The other one that really springs to mind is from the back on the old um, TNT TNT UK days um, of watching an hour of Nitro was Glacier. Because that was that was built up as Eddie yeah. Gilbert's just done. Blood the, runs the, cold, yeah. Yeah, the hot shot there for the win. In I didn't start my stopwatch. Don't think did I start my stopwatch? No, I didn't. So who knows how long? But he's looking very good. Um, yeah, the glacier ones felt like a really big deal. But then I, 
again, those night. Did you watch those nitros, Mark, back then on TNT? Um, I think by '97, I was watching it every week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I remember Friday night, wasn't it? It was every Friday night, wasn't it? Yeah, but I don't think we had the two-hour version. For, maybe ever, or perhaps not until near the end. But yeah. they, when I watched them, because I think they flipped over to two hours, maybe in Feb, February, March '97. And I watched, I've watched mo- quite a lot of those night shows subsequently. But there's whole angles and things that I don't remember at all because they were never on our version, which is bizarre. Because what I don't know what would have been at like ten o'clock on TNT. You can't like. Yeah. Some old film that would have drawn no, like nobody. It was just a bit, bit, of a bit of an odd one, really. But uh, in room, we got Buzz Sawyer versus uh, the um, principal from uh, some. What's the what's the school in Summer Bay? Summer Bay High. Summer Bay High. Summer Bay High. Summer High. Uh, Dodd and Turner versus Mad Dog Buzz Sawyer, who is not a very nice man. He doesn't like dogs, uh, even though um, his character purports. Well, he likes them dogs. enough to get one. He just uh, yeah, not wish to. to care for it when somebody Cat. offers him a job carry on looking after it uh mark question for you and this is going to be a little bit out of date now but um what are your as a as a a big time nxt fan over the years what are your thoughts on the reboot and have you seen any of it so far i haven't seen it uh beyond some clips online i haven't watched the show Hmm. uh but what did it for me was when i heard um triple h was being sort of uh, repositioned so that Vince McMahon and Bruce Richard could take the reins and start uh, being in charge of the show. And I thought, well, well, that's that. It's just Raw and SmackDown uh, number three, isn't it? With worse wrestling, I suppose, now. Probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's they put it on TV to go against AEW, but it was still a developmental show in that these wrestlers have only been under contract for a short time. Some of them are just learning to wrestle and you've got them going out on live TV, which is crazy idea. Uh, At least with, with AEW, I've complained about them doing similar stuff, but I think they tend to stick people on the YouTube show to get a bit used to working in front of a crowd and in front of the TV cameras before they put them on uh, dynamite and rampage. The bit I don't get about the new NXT is that I'm not sure it'll get an audience because there'll be people that people that are WWE fans that will just watch everything. But I don't really understand who will want to watch that show because you're getting, un, you're getting scripted promos. So there's no real cat, you know, characters and some, some people will break through because there'll be someone in there that's, you know, becomes a star, but with, with really green wrestlers, it's not, there's, I, don't, I don't get it with WWE. You've got um, the, the look of the NXT show is, is better than the pandemic era, but it's not, I know, no, probably similar to Full Sail, I guess, but the, but the crowd is not going to be in it. And I understand they're already struggling to sell tickets or give away tickets for that for those tapings. So I just I don't really get what they what they're going for there. And it's like um, in the ring, Buzz has just done a headbutt and is now breaking the poor poor guy's face. I don't really get what the well, I know what the long term goal is. They want big guys, but I don't know if you either of you listened to the Adam Cole interview with Chris Jericho, but they wanted to change his name, they wanted to cut his hair. They wanted yep. to make him a manager of Keithley. I'm like, how this guy's a superstar. He yeah. he is he is the same size as, as Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, who main event at WrestleMania, who got over similar size to CM Punk, probably a bit shorter than CM Punk, but similar size. The biggest combat sports stars in the world in the last 10 or 15, or a bit longer than 15, 10 years now, 15 years, Floyd Mayweather, Oscar De La Hoya, and Conor McGregor, all of them are 150 pounds or under. When is Vince going to get a clue? You don't have to be six foot five 
and built like a Greek Adonis to draw money. Adam Cole is getting stuck. Like he'll be a massive baby face, that company. He's 32 years old. His best yeah. years are still ahead of him. I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. No, no I'm a bit of a loss that, to be honest with you. It's, it's a, a, a situation that's never going to get anywhere because he's in his 70s. So he's not going to change his own viewpoint now. He, he's, it's got him where he's got him now, having the big guys, Hogan, and from then on. But it's something that um, I think Jim Ross has said a lot in, in his uh, podcast about the guys around him all know to keep their jobs, they have to say what they think Vince is going to like, yeah. not give him an idea that he might not like and try and persuade him because you're not going to persuade him. So no. everyone, so nobody's, whether Triple H tried to say, hey, how about these guys that I'm bringing up on NXT? And a prime example is Adam Cole there. He's had some incredible matches, but because he's had some good promos and he's five foot eight or whatever, Vince has said, all right, he can talk. Let's put him with one of the real superstars like Keith Lee and uh, he was going to be uh, a cowardly manager who backs away so he's got uh, the big bully Keith Lee to do his fighting for him and he was putting on incredible and it's not like he's a new guy even when he come to NXT he'd already been wrestling a long time he's been he's over 10 years in the game and uh, Vince saw him as a little guy who you know well as I'm going over old ground but it's so frustrating knowing the talents that, that's there and Triple H, to be fair, has done a great job, I think, since mm. since NXT's inception on bringing up these stars, doing good stories and good matches. And uh, there's only so far you can get before Vince takes over. Well, yeah. Just just to cut back to Miss South very quickly and we'll get back onto this. So um, Buzz Sawyer won his match. Now we've got... Um, Dick Slater versus Tommy Rogers. Uh, Rogers out in his nice um, tails uh, coat again. And Dick Slater's obviously with Dark Journey. On, on the Vince stuff, I feel like stuff I've heard and read, and you never know, you know, all this stuff is, is um, you know, whispers and, and such like, and, and the story changed from person to person. But I have, a, I have a feeling that Vince sees that style the, the, the NXT style was essentially the same as AEW. It's very, you know, the NXT is pomp was super indie, very similar to what AEW is presenting, I would say. And, and that's right up my street. Um, however, I think he sees that. He sees that this didn't work against AEW. They lost. We're not doing that anymore. And I think yeah. he's going to be even more anti that, even though the thing that is going, I think... Um, was it so this is weeks ago now we're obviously we're three weeks ahead but so that so the smackdown i think the first smackdown of october more men watched aw dynamite on tnt than smackdown on on free to air fox which is a bit crazy wwe do a lot better in, with women um and that's probably because aew is a bit more of a blood and guts promotion but that is not that is that's crazy that makes no sense this company that's been around a couple of years, more men are watching than SmackDown. And, and forget Raw, SmackDown on the big the big station that everyone in the country's got access to. And you think, what what's it, what's it got to do to what's got to happen? I mean, and there, there's ticket sales, mm. the, the ticket sales for Survivor Susan and Barclays Center. They sold four thousand tickets for that show. Um, yeah. There's there's a Raw, uh, there's a Dynamite and a Raw. I think in the same arena, um, a cut maybe eight or nine days apart. Dynamite selling sold more tickets. Yeah. Okay. Some some of these cities is going to be the first time, and 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 um, 
uh, the the difficulty for AEW is going back and and um, and doing it a second time because obviously new in the market does mean something, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense. WWE have got every advantage in the world. They never there's never been a more profitable wrestling company in the world than WWE. Mm. But they they just can't. I mean, I don't know how much are you watching now, Stu of WWE, and ha- and also. In terms of the AEW stuff, have you have you watched much since Danielson and, and Punk, or are you still kind of? Yeah, no, no. I've watched. I've watched. Um, I've watched the episode with um, with Omega and uh, and Danielson. Um, mm. I, I do keep in touch with WWE, and I'll always go in. Although I don't watch it um, uh, as much because obviously um, over here it's on BT Sport, and I don't have BT Sport. You see, so it's like it's a case of just like catching up on little YouTube clips or, or just reading reports and things like that. Um, I, I would say that, that in terms of WWE Reigns has finally become the character. I think everybody hoped that he, he would be, um, you know, he's, I think, did I read today? He's 400 days. He's been champion now. So he's, yeah, it was just after SummerSlam, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think he's going, you know, I think he'll surpass punks, um, uh, what was Punk? Was he 460 something or other? Was he or something like that? I'm something like Steve, that, yeah. Steve must know that. I don't yeah. know, actually. Yeah, I don't know. So I think I think he'll surpass that, it's, you know, just to make a point. In, I in saw that, him lose uh, it. I saw, I saw the last day, but that was, that was it, yeah. Um, um, so, um, yeah, but but I, 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 yeah, I just know, AEW, I just feel has a little bit of the, the edge, whether they can keep that up. Um you know, we saw what happened um, with WCW. You know, they had two years of Big Bang, but actually when it came down to the brass tacks, it was WWE was the stable product, wasn't it? Do you know what I mean? But what I would say the difference between that era and now is um, I think character development in the 90s for, with WWE, you think you had like Austin, Taker, you had Mankind. Do you, you, you know what I mean? I think there were stronger characters in that time, Michaels and, and, and Triple H and all that. Whereas you look you look at the product now and I'm thinking, yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I think they're going to be in for a, I think they're going to be in for a bumpy ride. You, you made a really interesting point. Um, you made many interesting points, Jim. One particular that I, I uh, jumped over in terms of Google search about BT Sport. I think people... Um, Certainly not here. I don't realise what a, what a big difference the BT Sport deal versus Sky deal. And, this, and WWF was on Sky from 80, certainly 89, maybe 88 on the old Sky channel. The first UK event was uh, on the old Sky channel in 89 at the London Arena. But Sky Sports have got a pro, just under 13 million subscribers in the UK. Um, and BT Sport got four, about 4 million uh, a lot of that's uh, free with internet packages and stuff. Um, so it is, that's a massive difference in terms of eyeballs. And mm-hmm. we, they talked about, um, you know, a SummerSlam here. Um, I just think, I mean, possibly they might be able to sell 70,000 in Cardiff or, or 80,000 at Wembley. But I think, I think that's a struggle because I, I just don't see, you'll get some lapsed fans wanting to go because, you know, it's, yeah. it's a pay-per-view in, in the UK. But I think I think that's a real struggle. I think less and less people are, are watching I, it. Yeah. Because yeah. I, 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 I know we were talking about, uh, obviously, when when we heard that there could be a SummerSlam and stuff like that. And my first thing to you is, is oh, God, yeah, we need to talk about tactics and, and thinking about getting tickets. Well, actually... I don't, I, I, I don't think we would need to worry about getting tickets no. on the current state of the product. I think you would get a ticket with very little 
very little problems, yeah. which is actually quite a sad indictment, actually, because we've been so craving a a, a, a pay-per-view over in, in the UK, like a SummerSlam and stuff like that. Um, if you'd have said that 10, 15 years ago, I think you would have had a real, real bum fight to get tickets. But now I just think because of the product, um, yeah, I, I think there's more chance of getting an AEW pay-per-view over here than what there is a WWE one, if I'm being totally honest with you. I, I think we'll get we'll get AEW next summer, definitely. It's just it's just whether we get a um like a dual uh, dynamite and rampage. I really hope we don't. I really hope we get a um, a special, whether it's pay-per-view or whatever, I, I do I do really hope that because there's definitely space in the calendar for a fifth show. Um, but yeah, the WWE thing, the thing about SummerSlam is I can't really think of a match. I can't think of a match. There's no match in WWE I want to see. I mean, no. uh, can you think of one, Stu, particularly? It's it's such okay, an odd I suppose, time. I suppose, I suppose the only so, match sorry, I'm just gonna ju- I'm just gonna jump in very quickly. Dick Slater. This actually was decent, actually, between him and uh and Tommy Rogers. He's just um made Rogers basically pass out of the sleeper holder. That's the best um best Dick Slater has looked the whole so time. Has he ditched his has so he ditched far. his unpredictable tag now? Because that's two sleeper two sleeper matches in a row in it. He was he still had that on the key before the start. Sorry, should you you carry on talking about um the WWE um, and matches? I suppose the only the only match that I've got a bit of vested interest or I'd like to to maybe see um I'd quite like to see Rollins versus Reigns at, at this moment in time. That that would mm. interest me. Um, Biggie against Reigns. I think that would that would be a match of interest, and that potentially might happen at, at, at SummerSlam if they're still uh, if they're still the respective respective champions. Um, but I have noticed that when you go into Survivor Series, um, and I might be wrong, you might need to correct me here. Not necessarily the last Survivor Series, but um, I'm sure more recently Brock has Brock Lesnar tend to be the champion of Survivor Series because I seem to remember Styles had a match with. With Brock, uh, champion versus champion recently. Yeah. I remember Brian won the WWE title and then had a match with Brock as well at Survivor Series. So yes. it, it might just be quite an interesting dynamic to see what happens at Crown Jewel to see whether Reigns is uh, is still a champion. But Reigns Reigns will win with inter- interference, and then if if the if the Rock is up for WrestleMania, it'll be it'll be Reigns and the Rock. If the yeah. Rock is not up for WrestleMania, it'll be Reigns and Lesnar. Version yeah. six hundred and seventy-three. I still, I still, I still like. I must admit, I still like Brock as a spectacle. So I'm quite interested in the Reigns Brock because, you know, I, I I remember that was it WrestleMania thirty-four, which it was just a brutal. That was a real brutal match. The thirty-one was the more brutal one. The thirty-four one was the surprise ending uh, yeah. in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so yeah, but there's something about Reigns and Rollins that holds it holds a bit of interest for me here um, as well. So yeah, but like I say, I'm, you know, I'm not, I can't think of any dream matches that really come to mind at the moment because I just think the product's quite weak. Part of the issue I think with WWE right now is, and, and I can't remember in different periods through history where it's happened. If you think back to that attitude area you referred to earlier, when everyone was coming up, you had Austin. On the rise, you had Mankind, Undertaker, The Rock, all these guys, Triple H, all these guys had been in the company literally two, three, four years each. Everyone in WWE, minus a couple of exceptions like Riddle and Keith Lee, had been around for 10 or 15 years now. 
Yeah. I mean, Reigns has been there nearly 10 years and Rollins, obviously, since the Shield debuted. Even the mid-card guys, Sheamus is 10 years plus. Orton's 20 years. Um, you know, Dolph Ziggler, Jeff Hardy, all these guys. Even New Day. New Day have been around nearly 10 years. And and all the matches have been done many, many times. Yeah. And everyone's been heel. Everyone's been face. And I just, like Stuart, like Steve said, find did that big match that, oh, what if so-and-so came back? Or what if so-and-so debuted? I, I can't think of a single thing that's going right. to sell out a stadium. In ring now, we've got um, the t- tag team champions, uh, Wendell Cooley versus and Al Perez versus DiBiase and um, Williams. Do we think there's going to be a title change here? I don't I don't know. I don't know if it is going to be or not. I think there, so, needs, to be, I think there needs to be a trunk change because they look all like they're in red trunks to me. Yeah, so. they do. They all, they're all four in red trunks, which is and white boots. Rating. Uh, fi- so my final thought on WWE is, is this, and this is probably going to sound a little bit harsh, but I'm, I'm going to gonna go with it. I don't think that they there's anything that WWE do that is that is maybe even second tier now, perhaps some second tier in ring wrestling. But if if I want to watch unbelievable wrestling, I can watch unbelievable wrestling on New Japan or AEW or Stardom. The Stardom pay-per-views I've bought this year are have been incredible, just so so good. Um, if I want to see top level promos, I watch AEW unscripted. Um, I don't see anything in WWE that is. Uh, you know, at, at that level, there's it might be the odd match, but most of the most of their match, most of the matches are, you know, pretty pretty formulaic now in terms of their style that's been drilled into all of their guys. Work to the hard camera, do this, do that. You know, it's just yeah. I mean, it's just not apart from the odd exceptions. There's just not much stuff there that I'm interested in watching now. Like I couldn't sit through, I couldn't sit through a stand like a standard pay per view, and a lot and some of these guys, I'm just not. You know, Edge versus Seth Rollins. Like, that was that was decent. Uh, whatever the first one they did, but I, I I've seen it once, but no interest in seeing it again. And I I just maybe maybe I'm hypercritical, but it's just too much. I stuck with WWE for so long, but I feel like there's so much good wrestling that you can you can get access to that um I just don't yeah I just it doesn't excite me at all and doesn't get me interested at all now. Like, I've I've genuinely tried to like I've been at home by myself and thought. You know, I've got nothing to do. I'm going to put SmackDown on a Raw or just see what's going on. And I'll watch it for five minutes and Randy Orton will come out and there'll be a Viper graphic on the screen with like the snake trying to bite you. I'll just turn it straight off. I'm like, what is this? What is this nonsense? Sorry, very negative on WWE there, but um, I feel well, sad about it. I loved it for my, my yeah. whole life. So I am sad about it. The thing is, got- though, we would still go to the SummerSlam, though, if it came over, wouldn't we? Yep, absolutely. Um, oh, I don't oh. know if I would, you know. It, it, if it's Cardiff, I'd love to. I'd like to see you guys. But I, I think if it's if the summer is AEW and SummerSlam, I don't. Need, oh, that's I, a different story. Yeah, yeah, I won't. I won't feel the need to go to SummerSlam. And I think we. W- I think that will be the. I think that will be the thing. I'm pretty sure that Tony Khan. The thing is, I suppose that WWE could just announce SummerSlam. Let's let's say, for example, if WWE announced SummerSlam was in Cardiff next August, you know, tomorrow. Um, and they said tickets are on sale on the first of November. We we buy tickets, hundred percent. If this drags on, and I and I'm sure Tony Khan will want to get in first. If they get in first, and they're saying you know Craven Cottage, 30th of June, AW pay per view, and then they announce later that SummerSlam. The one I'll be interested in is, is that I'm desperate to see an AEW show because the atmosphere, so many over over characters. Whereas the WWE one, in no circumstances, I'd be I'd go to Wembley, but the Cardiff one is it you know. 
you're talking about you know traveling there overnight hotel stay if it's and there's nothing on that card that mm-hmm. I, I feel like i'm gonna be i would be a miserable git at that show a bit like i was in new york because there's not so much stuff that i would enjoy so what so why why bother i don't know do you see what i mean just just for the, yeah. the historical point of being now i suppose yeah so well, i've got m- rather than uh current things which we're fairly down on clearly um i've got one final tangent uh talking about the good old days yeah go ahead um, do you have a favorite uh commentary table moment as in when it's got smashed by somebody oh mankind being thrown off hell in a cell yeah yeah that's up there it's not my favorite but... or is that it that's it that oh. is it. There's, so we've had a TV time limit draw in the tag team title match. Unbelievable. Um, <laughs> brilliant. Just, fan, <laughs> just that fantastic. Way. That is that. That is the end of the show. That looks like a pretty good match, but inconclusive finish, which is, which is marvellous. Um, I, I really did like, well, I shouldn't say I really did like that. That in terms of like unbelievably shocking, the Mankind moment was, oh, yeah, was incredible. Yeah. I thought Vince... Uh, um, St. Valentine's Day Massacre was pretty uh, incredible as well, actually, that when he came up. brutal the side of the as cage. well. Yeah, Smacked really the back brutal. of his head on it, didn't he? Really brutal. What's yours, Mark? Well, the reason I brought it up, my favourite is from the early days, 1996, before they started moving all the stuff out of the way to make it nicer for the person you're slamming through it. Yes. Uh, good friends, better enemies. In April 96, Diesel put Shawn Michaels through it. The first pay per view after Michaels won the title at WrestleMania 12. And it was just a regular wooden table. It had monitors on there, microphones, all kinds of stuff. Diesel slammed him through it. Everything fired up in the air and landed on top of Michael's. It looked absolutely fantastic. Is that is that the one where Diesel ripped off Mad Dog's leg? Yeah, he did. Same match. It was a really good match. But it's just the fact now, every single time they move the monitor out the way, all they're doing that for is to make it more comfortable for the guy there trying to slam through a table. And you think, well, no, you, you're slamming him through a table because you're angry and you want to beat him up. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So making it a bit of a nicer landing is just... Sorry, sorry, Mark. Well, I, I don't even know how to word it. It just frustrates me so much that you, you're basically telling the viewer that, well, I don't want to hurt the guy, but you're putting him through a table in the middle of a wrestling match. So, you know. I'll, I'll tell you what, one of the ones I... I, I... I always enjoy watching, and, I, and I'm trying to frantically remember what the title of the pay view is. But I'll tell you what, it was, it was. I think it was Roman Reigns against Sheamus, and it was. I think it was la- the last pay view of the year around 2014, and uh, the League of Nations came out and sort of like hate Sheamus, but then Tri- Reigns snapped, didn't he, on Triple H? He totally snapped on him, didn't he? And I'm sure he put him through a table. 2015, that, I think. Yeah, at that beatdown at the end. I mean, that was a really, I thought, a really brutal, intense beatdown of Triple H with Stephanie screaming and and he put him through a table, didn't he? And then and then I remember as as Triple H got around and staggered, Reigns then ran back around and speared him at the same time as well. I thought that was a pretty brutal, brutal yeah. beatdown through a table. That was that was one that that stands out. So, gentlemen, any? I know we didn't probably watch that in too much detail, but any final thoughts on this uh, this episode? I, mean, I think it certainly looked without the sound to be more of an interesting show than the previous two weeks. I think so. We probably did the watch along on the wrong one. I think, I think there was some better quality wrestling on there. A few longer matches as well. Which yeah, always, definitely. Uh, which always bodes well, doesn't it? Um, I mean, you had you had a couple of title matches on there. Um, so, I think the anticlimactic sort of 
time limit draw just capped off a, the tri- the trilogy that we've had uh, <laughs> perfectly, really. Absolutely. Uh, right. Gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, being part of the show. I think we'll, we're working on something. Well, Dan is is uh, beavering away in the background on something, um, which hopefully should happen fairly soon after this to coincide with our two-year anniversary. But until then, Mark, where can people find you on social media if Instagram and the such like is working <laughs> again? Because it's not been working tonight, nor has been WhatsApp. So uh, That was three weeks ago. It got sorted. Yeah, yeah it got sorted, yeah. Um, uh on social media, Twitter and Instagram, it's at Dopper6. And may, you may have some news at some point? Uh, possibly. I'm working on a podcast uh, based on the ECW television show. I'm basically Steve, stealing Stephen's idea of reviewing weekly TV from back in the day. I'm well, not sure uh, that's my idea. I think there's probably about well, 3,000 yeah, podcasts. Well, in fact, there's a Mid-South podcast that's done this already before, so it's not my you've idea. In, yeah. You've inspired me to have a go at my own, so I'm aiming at the ECW hardcore TV shows from uh, the mid-90s. So uh, stay tuned, and I might have an update on that next time. Yeah, we'll definitely tweet out info on that as soon as uh, as soon as things progress. Stu, where can people find you on uh, on social media? Yeah, on social media, uh, on Twitter, at Wakefield Canary. Perfect. Thank you very much for listening and we shall speak to you all again very, very soon. Yeah, this is Eric Watts. And for all you phenomenal wrestling fans and fans of this podcast, please do me a favor. If you're looking at uh, more information about Mid-South Sports, Power Pro Wrestling, Universal Wrestling, go to universalwrestling.com and check out that website. It's a must-see.